for your standing and your great spirit of worship. Turn with me to the Galatians, the book of Galatians chapter 6. Very familiar text of scripture. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7. Paul writing to the New Testament church said, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 32. Isaiah chapter 32 and verse number 20. Isaiah prophesied amidst the darkness and despair of a broken nation and he made this prophecy blessed are they that sow beside all waters blessed are they that sow beside all waters Ecclesiastes chapter 11 Verse number four. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. He that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. So, In light of that statement, in the morning sow thy seed, in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. And everybody said amen. I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning. It's sowing time. Would you say that with me? It's sowing time. Say it again. It's sowing time. Clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. One more time. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. A young mountain lad decided that he was going to leave his old log cabin home of his birth and travel to a distant big city. He was going to further his education. He was going to begin his life and he was going to eventually marry and at some point have children. And so he went. He pursued his education. He landed the job that he wanted. He married a beautiful young wife and in time children came. And after some 35 years of living in the city, it came into his heart to want to go back to the old home place, to visit that ancient weathered old place that he had loved so dearly as a child, just to walk through the misty memories of his past and relive those golden days. And so he went, and as he walked down the pathways that were familiar to him, 
sauntering along the creek that he loved to go to as a child, he saw along the banks of that creek a stately row of large, beautiful walnut trees with their branches reaching out to the heavens and sunlight glittering through their leaves. And he remembered those were there because one day as a child he had planted them. He had planted those walnuts. He had been out on one of his many adventures and he had gathered a bag full of walnuts and came home and he decided that he was going to plant some for the future and he planted them down by this brook that he loved to fellowship and and be near and now here they were these many years later they were stately large beautiful silently witnessing to the testimony of his labors and while he stood basking in the beauty of the trees he remembered something that they were not all of the walnuts that he had found And while he stood there reminiscing, he began to wonder what happened to those remaining walnuts. And as he thought back in the dusty recesses of his own mind, he remembered taking a small bag and taking it to the attic and putting it in a far corner to hide. And So he went into that old rickety building and he found something that would work as a ladder And he climbed up through the small hole in the attic floor and he began to make his way through the filtered light coming through the holes in the roof until he got to a corner. And there in the corner, behold, there was this rotten, stale-looking old bag. And when he opened it up, there they were, the remaining, those poor, shriveled-up, musty-smelling walnuts of some 30 plus years earlier, 40 perhaps years earlier. And as he held those walnuts in his hands, he could not help but reflect upon what he had just seen outside, those beautiful trees that were waving their branches in the air. And then he realized in that moment something that stunned him, that these that he held in his hand were the same age as those that were in the ground and now trees. And he also realized that they at one time had the same chance and they had equal opportunity to produce and they had equal possibility and opportunity. The difference between the tree and the walnut in his hand was the fact that he planted one, he sowed one, but he didn't sow the other. I wonder how many seeds of possibility we have in our hands today that if we could only see down the road of what they're going to produce or what they could yield, we would not hold on to them so tightly. But I'm going to share with you in a moment what I feel like the Holy Ghost spoke to me last night is the reason that we often hold on to our seed And we don't plant as we should or we don't sow as we're encouraged to in the spirit. When Paul was addressing the Galatian church, he made this statement, be not deceived. God is not mocked. There is a principle in life that you will not be able to avoid. 
And when anybody begins with that kind of disclaimer, you must understand that there is something weighty that is going to follow that that is of importance to you. You may ignore it. You may act like it doesn't exist. And you may even try to refute it. But time will tell what the Word of God has already established. And so he implies that there is the real possibility and danger that somebody would question the authenticity of his word or the authenticity of that principle that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And the operative word when I read that is the word soweth. When I read that and my mind began to meditate upon that yesterday, the Lord began to speak to me and remind me that that word is an action word, soweth is an active word. It is not passive. It's not a thought. It's not an intention. It's not a desire. It's not a prayer. But it is a literal action. Somebody had to go out in the field. Somebody had to get down in the dirt. And somebody had to dig a hole and put that seed in the ground because that's the only way it will produce. Amen. Amen. And so it's got to be more than a feeling that we're talking about today. It's got to be more than a mere thought or desire. It's got to be an intentional effort. It's got to be a deliberate decision and a purposeful action. So much is lost in our life because things never get beyond the thinking. They never get beyond the feeling They never get beyond the desire. But I've come to preach to Greater Life Church this morning that it's time that we put shoe leather into our desire and we put shoe leather into our wants and shoe leather into our thoughts and shoe leather into our emotions and let God show us how mighty He is and what he can do with the possibilities that are in our hands right now. I wondered last night, oh God, what does Greater Life Church hold in their hands today? What do we have the possibility of seeing and being and doing and experiencing if we will only sow the seed, if we will only do what we talk about doing? if we will only do what we have desired, if we will only do what we're feeling, not just let it remain as an emotion. I can't tell you how many times I have come to an altar and I've been stirred by the Spirit and my emotions have become uh, stirred and I, I, I feel like I, I need to do this and I need to go to that person and I need to say this. to I need to apologize to that one. I need to pray about that. And, and then when I walk away, I... I failed to ever do what I had prayed about and I realized that the reason many times that my life isn't any more fruitful than it is because too much of it remains in my head and too much of it remains in my heart and too much of it remains in my desire but it never gets in my feet. It never gets in my hands. It never gets into the reality of my life, of who I am and what I am. You must understand 
that what you have in your hand has potential beyond your understanding or mine. When you sow a seed, you do not reap a seed. You reap a harvest. You reap a fruit. You reap a multiplication of what you have sown. So why are we not sowing more? If you want a better life, it's sowing time. If you want a better future, it's sowing time. If you want a better family, if you want a better marriage, if you want a better future, it's time to get up and get your hands in the soil. It's time to put shoe leather into your talk and make something happen with what God has given you and what he has put in your disposal today. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise right now. In the Old Testament, the words form part of a great prophetic vision given to the watchman on the wall by the name of Isaiah. And he said it like this, Blessed are ye that sow beside all waters. Now you and I have to understand the context within which that statement was made. It was not made when Wall Street was at its apex and the bank account was maxed out. It wasn't made when the blessings of God were just flowing in and they were just overflowing with God's goodness. When Isaiah was given that prophecy and when he opened his mouth to speak to Israel, Isaiah stood amid the darkness of a morally bankrupt country and a nation of people who were so blind and deaf that they couldn't hear God even when he spoke to them. And yet in the midst of that darkness and in the midst of that debauchery and failure and circumstances, Isaiah steps forward and he prophesies, blessed is he that sows beside all waters. What do you mean? I mean the waters that you're in right now, the troubled waters, the murky waters, the dangerous waters, whatever kind of situation you're in, it doesn't matter what your problems are. You've got a promise that's greater than your problems. You've got a promise that's greater than all the stuff going on around you. And all you need to do is just start sowing because something's going to happen. You need to start sowing because good is going to come. What I've learned about God is that your circumstances cannot determine the blessing that he wants to pour out in your life when you obey his word. Oh, yes, clap your hands and give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amid all the discouragement, amid all the panic, amid all the pandemic, yeah, amid all the pandemic, got to be careful how you say that. Blessed is he that sows. Some of you are waiting on things to get better. I've got news for you. It ain't going to get any better. 
If you read the book, you know that it's going to get worse. But getting worse is not going to stop what God's going to do for the church. There's going to be revival at evening time. There shall be light. I see something in the end. I see a latter rain that's greater than the former rain. Come on. I'm not waiting on things to get better. It's so in time. It's time to put your seed in the ground. It's time to get busy. Come on. It's time to do. Whew. If you want to change your environment, start sowing. I said, if you want to change your environment, start sowing. If you want to change your future, start sowing. Stop griping. Stop complaining. Stop moaning. Sometimes you just need to go sit down, have a good cry, then get up and put your big boy clothes on and go out there and do what needs to be done because crying's not going to get it done and whining's not going to get it done and complaining's not going to get it done, but sowing will because whatever you sow, that shall you also reap. Whatever you plant, God said, I'm going to give it back to you. Press down, shaken together, running over. Hallelujah. So why don't we sow? Why don't we sow? Well, the Lord began to talk to me last night. The reason many times we don't sow is because we can't predict the outcome. And unless we can predict the outcome, we're not sure we're going to stick our neck out. Ecclesiastes 11 said, if you observe the winds, you're not ever going to sow. If you're looking for your cue from out there, you're never going to get it. And if you're waiting to do your sowing so you can manipulate the outcome and get the desired result, you're never going to benefit from what sowing can do in your life. Because Isaiah said, you sow beside all waters. Uh, Jesus Christ is our example. And he sowed mercy knowing that all he was going to get back was spittle on his face and a crown of thorns on his head and stripes on his back and nails in his hand. But he sowed mercy anyway. And look what happened. Look what turned around. Because on the third day, he came out of that grave. And the reason we're here today and the reason we rejoice today and the reason we shout today is because he sowed beside all waters. Hallelujah. Far too many of us are looking at the circumstances and we don't like what we see. Well, what if I ask them to forgive me? And they don't change if they don't do anything different. And so we withhold our forgiveness. We don't sow that forgiveness. 
Well, if I extend mercy, they're just going to trample on my mercy and hurt my feelings even more. You know what you're doing? You're trying to control the outcome. And you're saying to God, I know what's in my hand. I know what the potential is here, but I'm not happy with what I see might be the result. And God said, I'm going to tell you something. You better forget about the results. Leave the results to me because I know how to turn things in your favor. But if you just sit there and you hold on waiting for the right opportunity, it's never going to come along because right now is the best time. Right now is the right time. This is the right place. This is the day. This is the hour. So... So, the reason many people don't have mercy in their own life is because they don't sow mercy. You kind of hold back because I, I, I just don't know. I'm going to tell you, forget about knowing. Just start doing Because when you start doing, God's going to bless you. He said, blessed is he. Happy, favored, favored. Anybody here want to be favored? I'm not talking about just the favor of the government or the favor of Trump or favor of, of, of your favorite party. I'm talking about the favor of God. Are you interested in that kind of favor? That no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper? That it doesn't matter what the enemy plans. God knows how to take that plan and turn it and make it work for your good. Are you interested in God's way? If you're interested in God's way, then God said, go sow. Sow in that dirty, muddy water. Sow in that troubled water. Sow in that disturbing circumstance. Sow into that environment that's vile and corrupt. And watch good. Watch greatness. Watch miracles come out of it. Oh, come on, let's stand right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in this building right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sowing beside all waters. Get your eyes off of yourself and get them off of what you want to come out of all of this and just say, God, this is in your hands. Oh, oh yeah. I'm going to sow mercy. I'm going to sow grace. I'm going to sow forgiveness. I'm going to sow mercy. I'm going to sow redemption. I'm going to sow... Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Oh, God. What are we missing simply because we never get from our hearts and our heads and our thoughts into the action of actually doing what we have thought God has brought Greater Life Church through some dark, dark days. I I can't even begin to explain to some of you the feelings and the emotions that we have wrestled through to get to this place today. And here we are, and we're in the middle of a pandemic kind of knock the winds out of you. Just kind of suck the wind out of your sails. We're so anxious to get into our new building. We're working hard toward that. And then, boom, this pandemic comes along 
and shuts everything down. And we have to reorder our operation and we have to go into things that we don't even like doing. Mask and social distancing and all that stuff. And we do it for our health and good of others, not just ourselves. And, and, and it's put so many limitations on us. And so what happens is that we begin to hold what we should be letting go of. Because we're waiting on the season to turn. I, I want that first song, the season. He talked about the season. No matter what season you're in, maybe it was a second. It doesn't matter what season you're in. The, God knows the season you're in right now. And He knows how to bless you in that season. He knows where we are right now. And God knows how to multiply what we are doing here if we will only continue to sow. 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 I wonder who needs mercy today. I wonder who needs forgiveness today. And you hold it in your hands. It has great potential, it has great possibility. But it's only going to remain what it is until you choose to liberally, unselfishly sow it. This, this doesn't look too good, Brother Hughes. I mean, look, these waters are troubled. Oh my, look at that. Look at how filthy, dirty. How could anything good come out of that? You know what even makes it worse that in... in in that day, they sowed beside the rivers because that was a ready source of irrigation and they would flood the fields. And then they would go through and they would just broadcast the seed all over the water. That's why it says, cast your bread upon the water. Because that's what they would do. They would just flood the fields and, and then they would go out and just sow. And then, you know what they did next? They turned the oxen loose. So the oxen would go out in that muddy field and bog, walk through that bog. But what they were doing is taking that seed and pushing it down into the mud. You know, sometimes it feels like you've been walked on by an ox. But that's just part of the process of you getting to the place where something's about to break through in your life. There's a miracle about to come out. But sometimes you've got to go through a process that nobody wants to go through. But if you'll just yield to it and say, God, if that's what you want from me, I'm willing to go under. I'm willing to go down. I'm willing to sow beside all waters. Because I don't want my environment determining the blessing that you want to pour out in my life. You need a miracle in your life right now? You need to start sowing sowing, so mercy, so forgiveness, so thanksgiving, so praise, so worship, yeah, so gladness, so joy, so tears. Oh, Brother Yusuf, tears, yeah. He said, he that soweth in tears shall surely reap with joy. So, 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 so. And so God spoke to me to tell you and tell myself it's sowing time I said it's sowing I don't care what the environment around you is saying I don't care what COVID-19 is doing I don't care what the government's trying to do I don't care what the Democrats or the Republicans are trying to do I'm just here to tell you that for the church it's sowing time I said it's sowing time it's time to put it in the ground don't hold it back don't withhold it. 
Put it in the ground. Sow it. Put it in there. Pray it in there. Stomp it in there. Walk it in there. And watch God. Watch God. We love you. Oh, yes, we love you, Jesus. We'll never stop. Hallelujah. I know we're limited today, but I think you can social distance. If you feel like it, I would just come. Put your mask on. Come on up. We need an altar call. We need the presence of God to invade this place. We need Him to pierce the heart. And God help us to open our hand to give, to release mercy, forgiveness, restoration, power, demonstration of the Holy Ghost.